0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of MC Anime. MC here, and today I have another special guest with us today. Anti-Matter-Man, aka AM, developer for Omega, Yu-Gi-Oh fan, and just a really good person for the developmental stages of simulators for Yu-Gi-Oh. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Ah it's doing pretty good. Can't complain. Everything going exactly as planned. So uh yeah. AM Tell them about yourself, what you do, and where they can find you on like on social media and stuff.
1: Sure. Um as you've already done my introduction, um I'm one uh, one of the game developers of Yu-Gi-Oh Omega and uh you can find me on the Discord That's the easiest way to find me, um, the Discord server for Duelist Unite. Mm -hmm. Um, We we do have a Twitter, um, but mostly Discord is the easiest way to contact me. My DMs are always open to anybody. So I'm not one of those people that you have to send a friend request to talk to me.
0: Okay. So, this particular topic that we're going to discuss is the timeline of the Yu-Gi-Oh simulators... And how they came to be.
1: Sure. All right. Okay. So you want me to start? Okay.
0: Let's see. Well, so simulator. What's the what's the actual definition, and overall message to get people to know what the word is?
1: Sure. So there's a the purpose of a simulator. A simulator simulates a game. But that means that it's simulating the rules of the, that game and the mechanics of that game. Um, and this is different from an emulator. Um, an emulator is like an emulator for a console. Like, you know, if you have a Super Nintendo or a PlayStation or, uh, you know, a Wii or something, emulators basically emulate the console so that you can actually play the games that are on that console. A simulator is a game that uh, somebody creates um, to simulate something that already exists in real life um, and we're simulating it in a, in a digital format
2: okay.
1: um, so that it that would be the, the most easiest way to understand what a simulator is um, yeah
0: Okay. that's interesting so what was what was the like one of the first simulators that Yu Gi Oh or the most probable in Yu-Gi-Oh?
1: Now uh that question um does it mean an official simulator or an unofficial simulator? Because the the answer to that question will depend on that.
0: Because it's the just... very first Yu-Gi-Oh game or the mm. very first Yu-Gi-Oh simulator was around 2002.
1: Okay. Um, which was on Game Boy. And it didn't actually come in to North America. It was only in Japan. Um, and so the only way you could play those games um, that were coming in Japan was if you had an emulator for a Game Boy, and you would need uh, you needed a digital copy of the ROM. Oh.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so A lot of people that were watching Yu-Gi-Oh! as a kid growing up when they were, uh, you know, watching the anime, um, they were into Yu-Gi-Oh!, but we didn't have any video games at that time. Um, We didn't get video games until um, very late, like around 2003, Mm -hmm. Um, but there were a lot of video games even before that in Japan. and now, uh, I can keep going. I don't know if you have you know, more questions because I can keep going forever on this uh, subject of uh, the simulators of timeline.
0: Okay. Uh, so so that's the fish official uh, form of a simulator. How about no, the If you were talking about
1: fan-made simulators, that's yeah.
0: different. Okay.
1: Uh, the first fan-made simulator was in 2012 or 2011, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, in, uh, but you can keep. I mean, I uh, once I start on this rabbit hole, I can keep going for a very long time. So I.
0: Okay, what's make the. Sure you don't Let's do so. We have like 2002 and 2012, such so a big gap. Let's just yeah. list some of the video game simulators to get onto 2012.
1: Yeah. So let me uh, actually do that. Um, so in so what happened was like you know Yu Gi Oh uh, manga first was came out like in 1998 or even 1996 actually. Um, mm. And then in um, we had the first game, I think, actually, I was wrong. It wasn't 2002, it was 1998. It was on PlayStation. Hmm. It was called Yu-Gi-Oh! Monster Capsule. Monster Capsule, I'm not sure if you remember that game. But, like, uh, instead of Yu-Gi-Oh! cards, you had little capsules. And it was like Dungeon Dice Monsters where you move um, capsules on a board. And that was... um, the first Yu-Gi-Oh game ever developed by Konami, and it was released only in Japan, so it's never even come out in North America. Um, it was called Monster Capsule Freedom Battle for PlayStation. Okay. And then after that, um, we had Dual Monsters that uh, also came out, that came out on Game Boy, also released in 1998, and never came to North America. So if we keep fast-forwarding, the very first game that ever came out in North America was Forbidden Memories for PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And that was 2002. Um, so I don't know if you remember Forbidden Memories.
0: Actually, I do. Iconic. Forbidden Memories was, like, really cool. and had, like, the I think, also, I believe, a really good uh, promotional item with a prize card. As well. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I'm not sure I remember
0: that, yeah. but there was like a you know Egyptian kind mm-hmm. of a theme, and there there are even people on Twitch that will play Forbidden Memories even today, just to like speedrun it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Forbidden Memories, if
1: uh, that is the very first game released in North America for Yu Gi Oh, um, yeah. and then we had some other games uh, at that. So by 2000 we had Game Boy Color. Mm -hmm. So then now we started to get, like, Game Boy Color games. We had uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Dark Stories. Uh, I think we had Dungeon Dice Monsters came out for Game Boy Advance. Um, That was, like, 2003. Then you remember the game
0: called uh, Duelist of the Roses? Yeah, I do remember Um, that one,
1: actually. Yes, that came out in 2003 as well for PlayStation 2. That was an amazing game. Uh, one of my favorite games, uh Duelist of the Roses because the way that you play Yu-Gi-Oh is completely different. You play it on a, like a, a you know, a chess board. It's like Yu-Gi-Oh and chess combined. Um, and then um, we had a couple more games come out, you know, like uh, Yu-Gi-Oh Sacred Cards, False Bound Kingdom, of
0: Destruction. Oh. Then, the chess game was from the anime episode in. too, remember? They were doing like the shadow game with the chess moving the monsters yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah uh when you mean when bakura and yugi were playing that little chess game and yep. stuff and they were uh, the loser would go to the shadow realm
0: yep um but yeah so the very
1: first pc game for uh Yu-Gi-Oh was actually power of chaos
2: mm-hmm.
1: now i know I, i'm not sure if you remember that game because that's also very iconic um yeah. So power, a lot of people remember Power of Chaos because there was a Yu-Gi version, a Joey version, and a Kaiba version. And you could download all three of them. They were single player, though, so there was no multiplayer. So um, that was the first time people, you know, because a lot of people didn't have Game Boys. They didn't have PlayStation or PlayStation 2. But a lot of people had a computer. So they were able to finally, like, play a video game for the first time, uh, and that was Power of Chaos um and then you know we still kept on getting games like in 2004 we had uh for game boy advance we had world championship um now at this time like i actually never owned uh a game boy or game boy advance so um the only way i could play these games was through emulation mm-hmm. so I, I downloaded like a game boy emulator and i got the rom and i just played it like that that's how i was playing Oh. and you know this was the time when uh Like we were just watching anime for the very first time on TV. And so I was watching Yu-Gi-Oh!, Dragon Ball and Pokemon. That was like my my, three things that I watched. And I wasn't even into Yu-Gi-Oh! that much. I was into Dragon Ball. Uh, So the only thing that I did for Yu-Gi-Oh! was just like play the games on the on the emulation on my computer. Um, But, yeah, the power of chaos as it evolved, Mm -hmm. find us. So remember, this is 2004 now. So the very first online automatic simulator that Konami developed that was multiplayer, that game was called Yu-Gi-Oh! Online. And that came out in 2004, but it was only in beta stages. So you had to actually um, be invited to beta test it, and you you could be requested to invite. So I actually got into the beta testing for Yu-Gi-Oh! Online. It was really cool. Um, you would get like a starter deck, all normal monsters, and it was uh, you get like 30 duels, only 30 duels, and so I I I, I kept doing it over and over and over, um, and so like after the 30 duels are expired, I would just create a new account, do the whole thing again because it was so much fun, um, but um, it got boring after a while. So finally, the Yu-Gi-Oh! Online, the actual game, came out in 2005. Um, and then Yu Gi Oh! Online 2, which was du- Yu Gi Oh! Online Dual Evolution, this was during the GX era mm-hmm. that came out in 2007, and then finally the last Yu Gi Oh! Online, which was Yu Gi Oh! Online 3, that came out in 2010, and so that was one of my favorite games of all time because that was during the Synchro era, and so we had Synchro Monsters, and it was very, very cool. You have to look this up, uh, if you got time um on youtube there's uh there's a guy who, um who's uh famous for Yu-Gi-Oh! online videos um i forgot his name but uh uh yeah but uh, that game was very competitive it had tournaments you could trade cards online with other people so it was actually very cool like completely different from what we have today um but the trading of cards created an online economy because people could actually sell digital cards for real money online on like on eBay. Um, and so this created some kind of economy. And it, it was very interesting. Like I, I remember just like in real life, people have trade binders for all the different cards. And for Yu-Gi-Oh! Online, you would create a, a list of all the cards that you own, and you would like have a link to it. And then people would say, yeah, I want that card, I want that card. And then uh, people get scammed, too, because of the value of the card. Uh, people wouldn't know how rare that card would be in the game itself. Oh. Um, and so there were some very, very rare cards. Um, like there was a red-eyes black dragon with a green background. And it was nobody would know that this red-eyes black dragon was probably one of the rarest cards in the game. Because it's just a normal monster. doesn't have any effects. Um, but that card was worth so much. And there were people that um, got it, and they didn't even know, and so they traded it away for like nothing. Um, but yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! Online was very good. It had four million players at the time when it was in, in its prime. Hmm. Um, and in 2012, the game got shut down. Konami huh. shut down the entire game in 2012, um, and. There, there are speculations of why it got shut down, because it was actually doing very well. Um, so people are saying that it was doing so well that it was competing with the real-life card game. And as uh, the real-life card game, people would stop buying cards in real life if, the, if they could just buy the cards digitally. And since these digital cards were being sold on eBay for more money than the real-life cards, that was creating a conflict. Of interest. Okay. And um, so that that is one of the reasons people speculate why Yu-Gi-Online 3 got shut down.
2: Um, you know, we
1: still had all these other video games like Tag Force um, and the Game Boy Advance games, Nintendo DS games, those kept coming out. But Yu-Gi-Online 3 was basically dead. And it was very disappointing. I remember mm. when it happened. Because Yu-Gi-Oh! Online was my favorite game, and um, you know, I was—I think I was in college when this happened, and so I was already busy studying. So I wasn't even there to play the game in the last year when it got shut down. And uh, after that, I was just like devastated. Like, how, what am I gonna do now? Uh, there is no Yu-Gi-Oh! game out there that can replace it. Oh. Um And. So I, I tried to look for online games that were free mm-hmm. um, to play Yu-Gi-Oh simulators, right? fan yeah. made ones. And eventually I found this online game. It was called Duel Monsters Genesis. Um, it was like an RPG. Mm-hmm. Like you move little character around and, and add cards. It was completely a manual simulator. Um, but it, it had tournaments and organized play. So I was playing that for a little bit. And then, I, uh, then after that, I got I saw Dueling Network,
0: which was, mm-hmm. you know, it's a website. Very infamous. Uh, so Dueling, Dueling Network came out in 2011. Mm-hmm. And, yes. Um, so that was a very
1: popular website because it was, uh, you could just, you know, you don't have to install anything. You don't have to download anything. You just go online on a website. Yep. You can create any deck you want and just start playing. And so a lot of real-life players started to use Dueling Network. And it it was primarily a game for the TCG because it was all of the cards were, you know, like American Mm -hmm. um, English cards. And so uh, it was a a good way to play the game. But still I felt empty because nothing could replace Yu-Gi-Oh! Online 3, which was my real uh, experience. It it was uh, not until 2013 I discovered finally a game that could uh, contend with it. It was Uh, called
0: Yu-Gi-Oh Pro. Oh, okay. So, So let me do a statement about Dolly Network real quick. Yeah, sure. So, Dolly Network, kind of interesting because... Dolly Network is totally infamous for another reason. Konami actually took action... No, not Konami. I think Upper Deck took action against copyright. Yeah. You about that later, it happens mm. later in the story, yeah. but it wasn't for deck that took action, it was another company called Nihon Ad Systems. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, I'll get to that later, I'll tell you everything what happened, gotcha. and um, because this comes out later, mm.
2: uh,
1: because not on that company also attacked Yu Gi Oh Pro as well, um,
2: so I will let you know what happened. Gosh. Gotcha. yeah. So in 2013, I
1: discovered Yu Gi Oh Pro, okay, and this was Yu Gi Oh Pro Percy. So, Percy was one of the developers, and he had basically created an English version of Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro. And uh, why why do I say English version? Because Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro was invented by a Chinese developer. It came from China. Um, And, you know, just like I told you that dueling network was for the TCG players, Mm -hmm. right? Just because it's uh, English and people from North America are playing it. And using it for practice. But have you ever wondered what are the people from Japan or China or Singapore? These OCG players, they're not on Dueling Network. So what are they using for competitive uh, practice? So they actually use Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro, and so Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro became the first simulator for OCG that people started to use for practice. And these are pro players from the OCG. These are all from Asia, and so. Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro first came from China, and the code was open sourced, so anybody could take Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro and make their own version of Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro. Oh, so okay. when it came out, a lot of people started to do that, and Percy was one of those guys. Percy created his own Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro, and in English, and there was some other Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro. There was Dev Pro, so Dev Pro was from a Germany guy, and then um, there was the the dawn of a new era which yeah. a lot of people know of today. Yep. It, it, that was a Canadian developer. Um, and Percy was, he was from the Netherlands. Um, so anyways, I loved the Percy one because it was very simple, very clean. And um, so I started to play it and I wanted to make Yu-Gi-Oh Pro the best simulator ever. So I I was not a developer. I did not know how to code. I didn't know anything. I was just a regular Yu-Gi-Oh Pro player, and what I wanted to do was, because you know everybody was on dueling network, nobody really even knew about Yu-Gi-Oh Pro, so mm-hmm. I wanted to make Yu-Gi-Oh Pro a little bit more popular, and so I tried to uh, host tournaments on Yu-Gi-Oh Pro, I tried to give Percy advice on how to make Yu-Gi-Oh Pro better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, you know it was it was good like i had a couple of tournaments i even invited all of the people from the dueling network forums for my tournaments we got up to like 128 people it was fun um and at this time i actually had a discord server so this was the time when i first created the very first Yu-Gi-Oh! discord server and that was only for our Yu-Gi-Oh! pro tournaments then later on um the subreddit of Yu-Gi-Oh! they created their discord server and then Yu-Gi-Oh! organization they also had their discord server now of course I'm just a mere person with probably just my friends in my discord server so I, I had about like 20 30 people in my discord server and so these other guys who are you know Yu-Gi-Oh! organization everybody knows that they're they're a huge website they give news for all the Yu-Gi-Oh! products so they had a tons of people and of course reddit they're going to have tons of people too. So once they found out that I had a discord server, we started to become, you know, kind of affiliates and people started to come to my server. Um, And this around, so the the year is now around 2015. Mm -hmm. Okay. 2015 is when that um, incident happened where a company called Nihon ad systems uh, did a copyright strike. Against um, Dueling Network and Yu-Gi-Oh Pro. So the strike was against uh, copyright images of the cards. We should, uh, remember that the Yu-Gi-Oh Pro is open sourced, so you cannot uh, copyright something that's you know created by somebody else. It's code. Um, so what can they actually copyright? There are the pictures of the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, which? don't uh, which don't belong to us because we didn't create those pictures right um so the person that owned the copyright was Nihon at systems that this company is the same company that owns uh the oh anime so if people are putting footage of Yu-Gi-Oh anime on their youtube videos they also got copyright striked by that same company so uh, I, i'm not sure if you remember there there are tons of people on youtube that they just record um uh, You know uh, they watch anime and they just comment Mm -hmm. that's their content Um, they get striped by the Nihon ad system so that's how it happened Uh, so it was a very it was a shocker we didn't expect it to happen but so dueling network they just removed all the card pictures and uh, they thought hey if I remove all the pictures of the cards that might that's gonna solve it and um, as for Yu-Gi-Oh Pro so Percy got a letter from Nihon Ad Systems saying that, hey, your game's got copyrighted images and you need to remove it from your website. And so Percy had to remove the download link from Yu-Gi-Oh Pro on the website. He even had actually a web version of Yu-Gi-Oh Pro. It was called Yu-Gi-Oh Chrome because you could play Yu-Gi-Oh Pro on your browser.
2: Yeah.
1: He had to remove that as well because um, what Nihon Ad Systems does is they don't know your email, okay? They can't contact you because they don't know who you are. Like they don't know who the developer of uh, Percy is or who the developer of Dueling Network is. So you know what they actually send the letter to? They send the letter to the server, the website server. So the copyright strike or DMCA is actually to the server that is hosting the game. And then the server sends an email to the person that is paying for the server. So that's how these owners of these simulators got the email saying that, hey, you got copyrighted content on your website. You need to remove it immediately. So Dueling Network, of course, their entire game is a website. So you can't really do anything about it. Um, And even after removing the pictures of the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, um, there was another developer called X-Steven, and he, he had created a cool way of Uh, basically appending a URL, um, to the original dueling network URL, and you would be able to get all the pictures back. So people started to leak this URL and eventually everybody knew what the URL was and everybody had the pictures again. And, um, but so the, the original developer of dueling network, uh, uh, decided that, you know, I don't want to get into trouble. Um, you know, the guy was an engineer, and he, he's already finished uh, school, he doesn't want trouble, he wants yeah. to get a job and stuff, he doesn't want this uh, thing to bite him mm. back and be on his resume. So he quit. He said, okay, I'm shutting down Dueling Network. If somebody else wants to take over for me, feel free. So the guy that I was telling you about, ex-Steven, who did the thing, he is now the owner of Dueling Book, which mm. is the evolution of dueling network same code but just a little bit different Um, as for Yu-Gi-Oh Pro what was going on well Percy was gonna quit too he told me hey I'm sorry I I can't I don't want to get into trouble with the authorities and I don't want to go to court for this kind of stuff so Percy said I'm gonna remove all the download links from the website and I'm gonna remove the game so what did I do So I didn't want Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro to die because it was my favorite game and it was the closest thing to Yu-Gi-Oh! Online. So I said, Percy, come. What does the letter actually say? The letter says you have copyrighted images in your game. So remove the images first from the download link so that you only have Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro as the base game with no images. And then uh, you don't have to put the download link on your website. The website is what's being hit. So come to my Discord server, and let's put the download link on my Discord server, and we will distribute the game on my Discord server. So Percy joined my Discord server, and we started to distribute Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro through the Discord server. So that Discord server currently is the largest Yu-Gi-Oh! Discord server in
2: the world, which is the Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro uh, Ignis server, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yep. So that is that server became so big Uh, It skyrocketed, um, because the only way you could get Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro was through the Discord, so everybody joined. Um, It became bigger than Yu-Gi-Oh! Organization, it became bigger than Reddit, all those servers that I was just talking about. It skyrocketed so much that now it's the largest server, even bigger than Duel Links, bigger than Master Duel, all of these other servers. Um, But anyways, um, so things were getting back to normal. Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro wasn't dead after all and um, ex-Steven also recovered dueling network through dueling book. So now the year is 2016. Um, This is, uh, we're still in the master rule three era, okay? Mm -hmm. And, but I'm getting bored of Yu-Gi-Oh Pro now. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, well, how am I gonna get, how am I gonna make Yu-Gi-Oh Pro better? Because it's still not as good as Yu-Gi-Oh Online. Uh, The animations are not that good, the graphics, and so I started to make the card pictures better. So I, I found a way to get uh, very high quality arts of Yu-Gi-Oh! And then I um, found a way to automate making the card pictures through a program called Magic Set Editor, which is used also to make uh, cards for Magic the Gathering. So there was a way to automate all of this from the card database. So you could make like 8,000 cards in one hour. Uh, automatically um, and the card pictures would be so crisp that you could actually read the card uh, the card text on the card picture, which was never possible before. So I added this as an expansion pack through Yu-Gi-Oh Pro Percy and people loved it. It was called the HQ Card Project. Um, most popular project forever and then even the Chinese developers who made Yu-Gi-Oh Pro, they contacted me and they wanted uh, all of those HQ card pictures as well. And so this was kind of like my way into the whole Yu-Gi-Oh Pro um, thing because remember I told you I'm not a developer, I don't know how to code, I was just a Yu-Gi-Oh player, but I got really good at this whole uh, making mm-hmm. card pictures. And uh, so eventually the Chinese guys, uh, they invited me to their uh, group and I uh, there was a new project that was coming out that nobody knew of. And I, It was called Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro 2. And so Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro 2 was basically Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro made in Unity. It was very exciting at the time. So remember, this is 2016 and I told you that I'm getting bored of Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro and I want something new. So Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro 2 was so exciting. It was like completely new for me. And the graphics were amazing. The card pictures were very high quality. They added even those holograms that float above the cards. And they had uh, summon animations. It was great. Um, the only problem was that the developer um, got busy with school. And so he quit. So he gave me the source code <laughs> of Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro 2. And he said, okay, you know, now it's your job to uh, maintain the game. And uh, remember that all of the features that were in Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro Percy, those features were not in Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro 2. So Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro 2 was basically an incomplete game. We were supposed to add all those features, but it never got done because the developer quit. And I didn't know how to code, so I had no idea how to what to do with this game. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to translate all this stuff to English and release it. And so people played Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro 2 um, on the server. And then eventually Percy's like, you know, I don't want people to be playing on Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro 2. I want them to be playing on Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro Percy. And so he said, I shouldn't be um, distributing this game and I should create another Discord server to uh, distribute uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro 2. So I created Duelist Unite. That was the new Discord server that I created. And that was only to distribute Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro 2. Um, so now we had two Discord servers, one for Yu-Gi-Oh Pro Percy and one for Yu-Gi-Oh Pro 2. And then as this is occurring at the same time, you know, I'm trying to get people to help with Yu-Gi-Oh Pro 2 development. Um, but Percy wanted to stick with Percy. And so I also invited some new people, um, scripters, so card scripters. And one of them was Edo9300. So Edo9300 is course, the developer of Edo Pro. So I invited Edo Pro, not Edo. I invited Edo ninety three hundred, Italian developer, very nice guy, very smart. Um, so I wanted to add Deck Masters into Yu-Gi-Oh Pro Percy. You know, oh. we were into anime cards at the time, and we were trying to add all these cards into Yu-Gi-Oh Pro. So we were adding every anime card, every manga card, every video game card, and so Deck Masters was the only thing left. And I was like, how can we add deckmasters? Because one of the rules for deckmasters was if a deckmaster is just destroyed, it goes to the graveyard, you lose the duel. And but if your deckmaster is still alive on the field, you can't lose the duel even if your life points are zero. Even if you run out of cards in your deck. Yeah. And we so we had to code that into Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro. And nobody knew how to do it. Because remember, the Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro was created by a Chinese developer. So we were only borrowing that code and translating it into English. Nobody actually knew how to uh, manipulate the actual Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro core code. So Edo9300, or Edo, he went into the core and he found the place where he could edit that part of the code where you can't lose the duel even if your like points goes to zero, even if you uh, run out of cards in the deck. Mm-hmm. And finally, he made a new version of Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro that had that edit. And he, I told him, let's call it Edo Pro. So that became the beginning of Edo Pro. That was 2016. And so this version of Edo Pro, we were able to finally add everything we wanted that Percy didn't want to add. Uh, because Percy, well, he wanted just a very clean game, no, not too many features. So um, uh, Edo Pro became the place where I was able to just tell Edo anything I wanted. And uh, he was smart enough to just add anything. Um, So I was very lucky and grateful. And we had lots of card scripters. Um, So Edo Pro was really just like a secret version of Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro because Percy was still the popular version. And so we we never even told the public about Edo Pro. and uh, a lot of things happened uh, i also helped percy you know create the lobby system the timer system the timer system that exists today in edo pro mm-hmm. i uh was migra- migrated from percy so like you know 180 seconds yeah. you have per turn and you get three seconds back for each move that was my idea yeah. and uh, then there was also the lobby uh the li- game list that you see in edo pro That was migrated from Percy. Uh, Percy and I helped make that lobby system, the color coding and the names of the games. That was because I was trying to make Yu-Gi-Oh Pro better. Um, But anyways, in 2017, I got very busy with my stuff in life in school. So I actually, I wanted to quit Yu-Gi-Oh. And I couldn't couldn't take it. Like Yu-Gi-Oh was so much stuff like it was a big part of my life because I got so involved with this whole Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro community it was taking so much time out of my life and I didn't want it to affect my studies so I said that I got to make this decision I'm gonna hand over the ownership of this discord server to Percy so one day I just said I'm gonna quit and I gave the entire discord server to Percy and that that is why now the per, the server is called Ignis. Uh, before it was not called that; it was called Ego GoPro Percy. But um, I I retired, and then Percy retired later in 2020. Um, mm. And then in 2020, that is when, since Percy is out of the picture and I'm out of the picture, um, finally um, Edo Pro could be released. So, Edo Pro was finally released in 2020. That's when everybody else finally got to see it. And they were surprised at all the different features that it had. But not surprising for me because I've already played the game for more than four years. Um, so, it was very cool. But as I told you, I was already retired. And remember, 2017 is when Master Rule 4 came out. This is where Link Monsters came
0: out. Wasn't so this also was when Edo Pro basically. That's why, so, so what? Is that why Edo Pro became Ignis? Is that kind of the distinction there? Yes, Edo okay. was the creator of uh, Edo Pro, but because okay. uh, we didn't want a one person to be behind the name, they
1: named the team Ignis. So that just like Yu-Gi-Oh! Omega, the team is Duelist Unite. For Edo Pro, the team is Ignis. So, um... That's why the name of the server was changed to Ignis, because it's not just for one person. And Edo actually doesn't even own the server. Because uh, once I gave the ownership to Percy, Percy retired, and he never gave back the ownership. He never uh, gave the ownership to Edo or anybody else. So Percy is actually still the owner of the server. He's just not maintaining it anymore. but uh, yeah, so 2017 was when Master Rule 4 came out. That's when Link Monsters came
2: out. And, you know, a lot of people hated Link Monsters. Yeah. A lot of people left left the entire game, quit the game.
1: And like I said, that was my... Uh, the best time for me to leave Yu-Gi-Oh! was that time because I also didn't like Yu-Gi-Oh! anymore because I had to use the extra monster zone first to make uh, a Link Monster before I could even Sync or Summon or exceed Summon or any of that. So it killed... All of the decks because you you couldn't use synchro monsters or uh, Xyz monsters unless you summon this link monster first and so it completely destroyed deck building and I was just like okay until Konami fixes this I'm not I'm not playing Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. and anyway uh, so I I just quit Yu-Gi-Oh and so did a lot of my friends so did so many players and so I I, I was done and so twenty uh, you know twenty nineteen, September of twenty nineteen. Uh, so like like I said, Duelist Unite, uh, the server that I uh, the other server that I created, that was maintained by somebody else, one of my friends named Zepho Zepho 9 So he was maintaining Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro two at the time. And remember, I'm not maintaining anything anymore because I've quit yeah. I've retired. So now around twenty nineteen, September of twenty nineteen, I get a message from somebody. Um uh, uh, Japanese girl Uh, and she said to me uh, that you know if nobody is maintaining Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro 2 let me take a look at the code and said okay sure Um, so I gave her the source code that we already had and she was uh, really smart she was able to actually figure out all of the stuff and she started fixing Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro 2 Um, and we got to like a really good version of Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro 2. But then eventually we got to a part where the Unity version of Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro 2 was so old because remember, uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro 2 wasn't maintained for like four years. So it the code became so old and outdated that it was impossible for us to actually fix some of the stuff. So this girl, her name is Kanogi. She is the lead developer of Yu-Gi-Oh! Omega today. And she was the genius behind everything. So she said, okay, let's, let's just start over. Why do we have to use Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro 2? Let's just create a new game from scratch. And I was like, are you sure about that? How can we create a new game from scratch? I'm not that smart to do that. But hey, she was. So <laughs> she even took the Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro source code. She read all of it. She, took, um, she was able to understand it. Remember, I told you Yu-Gi-Oh Pro source code mm-hmm. was very hard to read. Uh, um, it was made by the Chinese developers, and even the people who are uh, Chinese developers, they themselves cannot understand it because the guy who made Yu-Gi-Oh Pro also quit and retired. Um, <laughs> so we were left with this code that nobody could understand, but for some reason she could understand it. Mm-hmm. So she was able to port the entire Yu-Gi-Oh Pro into Unity the same way Yu-Gi-Oh Pro 2 was made. And then we started to add things little by little. I gave her my entire HQ. I was very excited now. Hey, I'm awake now because remember I told you I quit Yu-Gi-Oh! in yeah. 2017, but she changed everything for me. So she, uh, revived the spark of Yu-Gi-Oh! that I once had, uh, because I had hope again, I had hope that maybe we could make a Yu-Gi-Oh! game good again. Um, And so I gave her all the resources I had. I was back in full action maintaining uh, Duelist Unite server. I gave her everything. I gave her all the resources for my Yu-Gi-Oh! card pictures, um, the frames, the assets, um, and that's how we were able to first create very high-quality card pictures in um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Mega. And then, um, then we started to say, hey, how do we want Omega to look like? Do we want it to look like Hearthstone? Do we want it to look like uh, Magic the Gathering Arena? So, like Magic the Gathering Arena was one of the best simulators for card games. So, uh, we did look at that for a very long time. Um, But we took a lot of ideas, you know, people wanted something as fast as Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro because Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro became... I was so surprised because by the time uh, I came back into the Yu-Gi-Oh! community so many people were playing Yu-Gi-Oh Pro suddenly. I was like, wow, that's amazing. And it seemed like what happened was when Dueling Network got shut down, all of these people started to try Yu-Gi-Oh Pro for the first time. And uh, so even after Dueling Book came back, a lot of people still remember Yu-Gi-Oh Pro. Because remember, at this time, people were like, hey, automatic simulators are bad. They teach you uh, bad stuff, bad habits. And so... Even it didn't matter because these people wanted to play on Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro. And uh, these are the pro players, real-life players, and so it was very interesting. Um, But uh, basically, we needed to create a game that looked good graphically, uh, that looked as good as Hearthstone
0: or Magic the Gathering Arena,
1: but it was as smooth as Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro and fast and uh, it had all the formats all the cards for free and all the features of Yu-Gi-Oh pro as well and so it was very difficult in the beginning because we had to do it step by step remember we're creating a game from scratch where yugioh pro is not a EdoPro pro is not a game from scratch okay like uh the girl that i was telling you kanoki mm-hmm. she could take
0: edo pro add the ranking system to it add HD card pictures to it in one day. Here's like my she can, question. She, she can create dueling book
1: in one day because dueling book doesn't require card scripts. It's not automatic. So she she had the capability of creating any of these simulators, whether it was dueling network or mm-hmm. dueling book or edit pro, but she chose the harder path. The harder path was to create a game from scratch because if you create a game from scratch, you understand everything about that game and you yeah. understand... How to manipulate the code to make it exactly the way you want it to. So it took us a couple of years because we announced uh, Omega like around, uh, you know, late 2019. And then 2020, Edo Pro got released. So everybody started playing
0: that. Um, and it, it took us yeah. some time because we had the funny thing, uh, funny thing about Edo Pro. Funny thing about Edo Pro. Edo Pro, I really I do like Edo Pro. You get, like, the different anime, video game, and manga cards. But the weird thing about the meta, it's a really weird meta. It's not its it's own meta. It's just just mind-boggling how that meta forms over there.
1: Yeah, so the reason why that is is because there's no ranking system,
0: right? If there's no ranking system, everybody can play any deck they want.
1: There's no penalty for losing and there's no reward for winning. And so and the other thing is that in uh, EdoPro, Pro, if you play, uh, you host a game, usually uh, it, the game allows OCG cards, even if you're using TCG ban list. So you end up creating a imaginary format because uh, you have TCG and OCG cards and you have the TCG ban list. That's an illegal format. But people love it on Yu Gi Oh Pro because you can test all of the new cards that are coming out in the OCG. So uh, this, we did actually have a ranking system in Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro. It was called the Checkmate server. That was part of the Percy, um, and Checkmate was very good. Uh, but again, it was imaginary format. So we never actually had a good ranking system in Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro ever. Sure. Even in DevPro had uh, some things. But yeah, I mean, I can go over to the ranking systems with you later. But um, that is why it has a weird format uh, but people love to play on that or pro because of testing it's mm-hmm. easy to open the game uh, create a deck and test cards um, but if you want to host a duel and you you, you know you uh, get matched with a player, player joins your room and you duel and let's say you win okay what does that win actually mean because the, your opponent could be anybody you don't know the strength of your opponent you could be playing against a beginner uh, it doesn't matter so the problem with Pro again is that there's a lack of ranking and why is there a lack of a lack of ranking systems because there's a lack of accounts you can't create accounts in Pro um, and if you were to create an account system that requires a lot of stuff you got to do registration email validation passwords that's if you want to create your own account system yeah. right so we also didn't want to do that because dueling network had created their own account system where you type an email, you type a password, and they to save the email and password in some database on, uh, in the back end. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but the entire Dueling Network database got leaked. That was six million accounts. Emails and passwords were leaked. And it was a security flaw in how the game was designed. And people, you know, uh, you have to be careful on the internet because once you get somebody's email and password, most people use the same password for almost everything. So you can use that password and people can, like, steal stuff. And so people were in panic and they were changing all of their passwords. And that's why we we didn't want to do that for Yu-Gi-Oh! Mega. Okay. But but remember, for Yu-Gi-Oh! Mega, we needed a ranking system. So how could we have had a ranking system and an account system but without storing your passwords or emails or personal information, yeah, and that's where disc—that's where Discord comes in. You only need Discord because people are already on Discord. Uh, Konami is on Discord, right? You—you you have all the remote dual tournaments. You have to have Discord in order to be participating in those tournaments. So, uh, Discord was a great way because uh, I don't have to store your personal information. You just click one time on a button saying authorize and you're in I mean it's the same thing as logging in with Google or logging in with Steam or logging in with Twitter these are AAA games we're all log in using um, social media now we don't need to create a new account we can just use our social media to log in to games and so that's why I said hey why don't we use Discord not only can Discord allow you to uh, log in with an account we can use voice chat we can invite people to our game yeah. through Discord.
0: And even Edapro eventually added the invite feature. Mm-hmm. But they did not add the account system. Yeah. Let's go but, back uh, a little that, bit. It, what do you yeah. uh, like the brief history of Duel Links real quick as well? Oh, uh, let's see. Duel Links came out. So remember, uh, yeah, so I've been on a tangent with the whole uh, fan-made simulators. Uh, So what did Konami do after Yu-Gi-Oh! Online 3 got shut down? The next game was Duel Arena. Mm -hmm. Duel Arena was a game on the website that got shut down after a year. Then after Duel Arena became Duel Generations. And then after Duel Generations, we finally
1: had Duel Links. Mm -hmm. So why did Duel Links succeed while the other games uh, did not? Uh, remember what I told you was Yu-Gi-Oh! online was shut down because it was competing with the real life card game? Yeah. Well, Dual Links doesn't co- dual links does not compete with the real life card game. Yeah. Because Dual Links is a speed dual simulator. It is not a master dual simulator. Mm-hmm. So it was very easy for Konami to profit by from both dual links and profit from the real life card game. But it was funny because if you actually look at Konami's profits for the fiscal year. Dual Links contributes the
0: most profit that they've had from all of their products. It still does. This includes like,
1: yeah, uh, and this includes like FIFA, includes like Metal Gear Solid, all of the games that they've ever created. Um, Dual Links is still contributing the most money. Yeah. This is before Master Duel, by the way. Yeah. Um, but um, it, so Dual Links was very uh, successful. Uh, you know, it was it was the game on the phone. And phones are always uh, nice because everybody has a phone, and um, so it became very accessible. So dual Links, oh, uh, skyrocketed. It was the most successful Yu-Gi-Oh game in history, um, and it had way more players than any of the fan-made simulators. Even if you combine all of the players from every fan-made simulator, dual Links still had more players, and that is the power of an official game. So. Yeah. Uh, Of course, none of us could compete with the official game, but none of us, we also didn't really care because Duel Links was not uh, uh, simulating the real game. So people were still on either Dueling Book or they were on Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro. And that's how the community was split. Um, Then, uh, you know, uh, a lot of things have happened since then. And uh, we all wanted Konami to eventually create a simulator that was simulating the Master Duel. And it was funny. Nobody even knew what Master Duel means until now. Uh, we were using the terminology years ago because we had Master Duel and Speed Duel. And if you would say the word Master Duel to somebody, they would be like, what does that mean? So that's the real game. That's what you're playing with Master Rules. So, But now it's funny. Um, so Master Duel has come out. They named the game after the format Master Duel. It's like naming... Duel link speed duel, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, a lot of people loved the trailer. I always, I was very excited with Master mm-hmm. Duel. I, I was super excited to say, hey, finally Konami might be reviving Yu-Gi-Oh! Online, uh, it might be back as good uh, as the good old days when I had tournaments and um, online competition. And so I was very excited. I love the trailer. love the graphics. And it was like you know Magic: The Gathering Arena Simulator. Um, so we, you know, we all had dreams that it could be like an esport, It could, uh, simulate the real card game, but, uh, it, even before Master Duel came out though, we, I had already suspected certain things because I learned the lessons from Yu-Gi-Oh! Online and, um, you know, I knew that they're not going to allow trading because trading was what got Yu-Gi-Oh! Online shut down. So I knew uh, right off the bat that Master Duel has to employ a strategy where it could be like you pay a certain amount of points to get cards. And that's what how uh, Magic the Gathering works as well. So like a crafting system is what I predicted that we're going to do. And that's what they did. And um, I also knew that, uh, you know, in, uh, in Yu-Gi-Oh Online, we did have best out of three. So it, it was very interesting in Yu-Gi-Oh! Online we had best out of three with side decks and we had tournaments and mm-hmm. in Master Duel we don't we don't have tournaments, we don't have best out of three and the the reason for that is very simple actually um, once you understand how the ranking algorithm works and in a game like Master Duel um, you have everybody playing on the same Queue, the same band list, the same format. So they needed a single band list to unite players from all around the world. So mm-hmm. they couldn't use a TCG ban list. They couldn't use an OCG band list. They had to use their own custom ban list. And I already predicted that because that's what happened in Yu-Gi-Oh! Online. Yu-Gi-Oh! Online also used its own ban list. We didn't have multiple different band lists. Yu-Gi-Oh! Online had its own band list. Well,
0: yeah, so and also master door is also based on an ocg as well so yes yeah yeah but remember the game comes from japan so of mm. course it's going to be ocg uh, majority um but that's fine I, um the even the world's
1: ban list uh is tcg and ocg combined yeah. but uh, ocg rulings are always used in worlds uh, because again the world championship is in japan the game comes from japan Uh, and the Konami headquarters are in Japan. So
2: in the end of the day, OCG makes the shots. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all these games come from Japan eventually, right? We already talked about the game
1: history. But uh, yeah, like, uh, uh, if they have one format, one queue, the thing is that a company like Konami has to motivate people to play the game. How can you, if you're a company and you need to make money, You need to design a game that uh, allows people to play your game. And so that means you need uh, a ranking system that gives you rewards for winning. And you all, you want almost no punishment for losing. And that is the type of ranking system we have in dual links. That's the type of ranking system we have in master duel. So what I mean by that is that it's easy to climb up and, uh, you feel very good when you climb up because uh, you get that adrenaline rush, the dopamine rush of easily defeating people in bronze. And, um, you know, you win three games, you climb up. And you can't even d rank once you get to the top. So once you reach diamond one, you can't fall down. So there's no punishment for losing. And, I mean, the, the reason for that, again, is that if you reach the top, what's your... Motivation to keep playing the game if you've already reached the top in dual links, for example If you reach king of the games you just stop playing because you've already reached the top So uh, and and, you know, why would somebody even risk playing again because they might drop their rank? So that's why Konami had to implement that. Hey, you can't de-rank once you reach the top. Yeah, well That's not how a ranking system works, right? And, uh, you know, ranking systems are not something very new. Every we've, we've had 100 years to actually develop math on how to make ranking systems. They're in every eSport. Uh, like League of Legends, um, like a lot of these games, there's eSport Games Awards. They're annual uh, awards that are given to games because of their competitive nature. Yeah. And that those awards are not given just because, hey, they're popular games. They're Mm -hmm. given because of the design of the game. And uh, so I would never want to design a ranking algorithm that does this. The entire purpose of a ranking algorithm is to rank the players. That means if I beat a really, really strong player, I should get more points than defeating a really beginner player. That's the fundamental basic part of a ranking system. So, you know, like let's say you went to Master Duel and you defeated some let's say you defeated five beginner players, okay? And I also opened Master Duel, and I defeated five pro players. You and me are going to have the same score because uh, it's not going to care about the strength of the player. It's only going to care about the number of duels Um, because both of us are in the same ranked tier, so it doesn't matter. Everybody's considered the same strength as long as you're in the same tier. And um, so there's not a numerical rating system. It's just a ranking system for tiers. Mm -hmm. Um, And back on my, the reason why this is best out of one is that the games have to finish fast. If the games don't finish fast, then people will not re queue. You always need people in the queue to be matched. Otherwise you're going to be waiting forever to uh, get matched into a ranking system. And the average wait time for any eSport game is five minutes. If you go beyond five minutes, then you've failed. That means you have done something wrong. So, Konami had to make um, their games finish fast. Because, you know, let's say there's a million players. million players um, who are in the queue. Then they all get matched. Okay, so all of those million players are dueling each
0: other. This is why the single duel comes in best of one yeah now the queue is empty right so what's going to happen for the other players that join the queue they're going to have to wait 40 minutes because that's how long a duel takes
1: to finish um uh and you know 30 40 minutes they will be waiting for that long before uh, somebody else joins the queue again and and not only that you want lots of people in the queue so the matchmaking will pair you with somebody that's close to your strength level or the closest to your rating. But remember, in Master Rule, there is no rating. So as long as both people are in the bronze, you get matched. It doesn't matter. Um, and so anyways, the reason um, why it's best out of one is that the matches have to finish quickly. And why? why, why we actually, actually uh, when Master Rule came out, we had the entire full source code. It, they didn't even protect the source code. And in the source code, we could see that they had best out of three. In the source code, we could see that they had side decks. They had rush duels. They had dual links. In fact, the entire source code was the same source code that's being used in dual links and rush duels. It's one one core that has everything in it. And so the reason uh, it, the why they can't use side decks or best out of three is not because they can't. They can easily do it. It's already yeah. in the code. They just have to press one button and it's activated. Um, they choose not to have best out of three because if uh the animations on the game, like summon animations mm-hmm. and moving your card, and slamming it on the field, all of those animations take up time. You you cannot remove the animation time or the lag. In fact the the animation time is longer than the lag. So, the reason why people don't even experience lag on Master Duel is because the lag is hidden by the time the animation takes to complete. And so, um, a best out of one duel is actually the same time as a best out of three duel on Yu Gi Oh! Pro. Um, and it, they can never fix that because. In order to fix that, they would have to remove the animations. And the animations is what makes Master Duel what it is. Uh, Yeah, the cool graphic of Master Duel is what makes Master Duel what it is. So they will never make um, the game faster by removing animations. They didn't even add an option to remove animations, because it doesn't matter if you remove it. Your opponent has to remove it, too,
0: Uh, because the duel is synced between two players. Yeah. And... So, it, it will never change. Um, best Out of One is the simplest way to do fast duels. Yeah. And um, it's just now people have accepted it. And in fact, a lot of players love Best Out of One. Um, it's funny. Now they do, the I think, players, now they do some, uh, like a, a copped out version of Best Out of Three. They basically do uh, best out of one three times. You have that option that you can do. It's it doesn't fix the actual issue, but it does present a chance who goes first, who goes second, kind of thing. So it does provide that yeah. two out of three feeling, which does actually make the environment a little bit better because at least know if you lost one, you can do the next one, and depending on what you draw, you can break them. that
1: the problem with that so in dual links that's what they did if you remember dual links meta or Decade, he's a very popular content creator he hosted tournaments on dual links with best out of three he hosted basically the single games three times so there's an exploit for that players can cheat the way to cheat is easy after the first duel you already know your opponent's deck from the opponent's deck you can change your deck for game two and game three you can change so The people change cards in the deck between the duels. They can change cards in the side deck. Nobody checks the decks because these tournaments are, you know, hundreds of players. Nobody's going to go check the deck. So there's an honor system where people just trust that you are using the same deck in all three of the
0: games. Oh, so wait, you're not deck locked for this? What? You're not deck locked for the best of... Uh, for the best of one of three games, you can change you know, the deck? Not. Oh, gosh. Yes, you can change. Uh, and uh, so, I,
1: I don't know if you recall, but since Master Duel has come out, people have hosted uh, tournaments with $2,000 cash prize. And they did exactly what you're saying, which is best out of three in Master Duel, $2,000 cash prize. And uh, those tournaments, so let's say 64 people, Okay. Uh, guess how long a 64-person
0: tournament would be on Master Duel if it was best out of three? How long? So it took almost 10 hours.
1: Mm. Okay. In real life, a 64-person tournament is about uh, six rounds. Okay. Each round is 40 minutes in real life. And so six times 40 is 240. If you divide 240 by 60, it's four hours. Mm. So you actually take uh, almost six hours longer in Master Duel if you were to do best out of three um, on a uh, you, you know with just 64 people. Uh, just imagine how long that is for the tournament organizer uh, and also for the players. And so it's it's uh, but. Content creators have no choice because that is an official simulator. They have no choice but to use that. Um, and so even before Master Duel, people were using Duel Links, and they were doing the same thing. Um, and they were hosting these tournaments, cash prizes, and there was many ways to cheat. And even, um, you know, let's forget about Master Duel and Duel Links. Like in Yu-Gi-Oh Pro, you can cheat in tournaments. I know this because I was the one hosting the tournaments on Yu-Gi-Oh Pro for the very first time. And M B T he hosts tournaments today. His C S M, but even it, even in the C S M, um, you can cheat. And how do you cheat? You uh, every Yu-Gi-Oh pro replay, you can actually steal the opponent's deck. So after game one, you take you record the replay. From the replay, you get your opponent's deck. You know the contents of your entire opponent's deck, so you can side deck perfectly in game two and game three. So the decks are locked. This time in Yu-Gi-Oh Pro, at least the decks are locked. But the knowledge of your opponent's deck is not hidden. So you can still cheat. Yeah. And not only that, you because Yu-Gi-Oh Pro doesn't have any accounts, remember I told you that it has no accounts. So I can register for as five different people, because I can open five different Yu-Gi-Oh Pros on my computer, each with a different deck, and I can uh, create different names, <laughs> and then just uh, play. And... Um, you know, it, before people thought, "Oh, you gotta have five different Discord accounts." Well, that's not hard to do either, because now Discord allows account switching. So uh, again, we know about all of these exploits because we're developers. Uh, we know uh, all of it. So when we designed Yu-Gi-Oh! Omega, we made it made sure that nobody could do this. So in in a tournament in Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro, uh, sorry, in a tournament in Yu-Gi-Oh! Omega, you cannot steal the opponent's deck. We have an option called replay sharing. So even in um, ranked duels, if somebody wants to steal your deck, if you have replay sharing off, then you, they, you cannot steal their deck. So there's nothing they can do. Um, and even Master Duel actually has implemented this replay sharing option now. Uh, you cannot, if the replay sharing is enabled, then you can see their opponent's deck. Uh, but um, when if you host like a custom game with your friends in Master Duel. There's actually an option where you can say that, "Hey, I don't want my deck to be revealed to my opponent." Uh, so that Master Duel did, did take some ideas from us, but uh, it's okay. It's good, uh, good ideas. So, um, yeah. But again, Master Duel still has a lot of exploits. On you know day one, all of those hacks um, we already knew about them, and uh, you know it was funny. Kanogi, the lead developer of Omega, on day one. She, she took the login bonus that you get when you log into Master Gold. Remember, you get some points when you log in for the first time. She was able to trick the game into thinking that she's logging in again and again and again for the first time. So she was able to get infinite points, which means you can get any card you want because you can just open packs repeatedly. So normally... If you see 9,999 points, that would be a big number, right? Mm-hmm. And so people people would think, hey, there's a hacker here, and there's something abnormal. Nobody should have 9,999, but it was actually considered normal activity because people like Team Samurai X1 and DK they were already spending $10,000 on Master Duel. So they already also had 9,999 points. So if, uh, because they had 9,999 points, it was considered normal. And so hackers were able to exploit this um, on game launch. And they were a lot of people already had all the cards on game launch. Um, then we had the bots, and we had trainers, like you could see your opponent's face-down cards. You can see your opponents. And and it's funny that people are only finding about these now because in Dual Links, those hacks existed for six years. They never got fixed. So even in these cash prize tournaments that Dual Links meta was hosting, people were using those hacks to win. Um, And they never got fixed, and so people kept using them. And they, then those same hacks worked in Master Duel. but Because a lot of people reported those hacks, Konami was able to fix them and patch it. But there are also still some hacks today that people don't even know that they're being hacked. Because let's say you and I are dueling right now on Master Duel. Yeah. How are you, you going to know if I can see your cards? You can't see my screen. So how are you going to know if I can see your face down cards? You're not. So there's no way for you to know that if I'm cheating or not. And so uh, that's the thing is like um, Master Duel is a great game, but uh, you have to think about all these things. Uh, You have to think about all these exploits. And, um, you know, I was telling you about the bots, the bots problem in Master Duel. Why does it exist? Uh, People keep saying, fix the game, fix the game, fix the bots. How do you actually fix it? How do you actually go about doing that? And I, I told you again, what is the problem? Is the ranking system. If you get to Diamond One, you can't de rank So what's oh, what's the problem? You just simply put a bot in the Diamond One, mm-hmm. and the bot the bot is designed to lose. The bot is not designed to win. Yeah. So you leave. If you already reach Diamond 1, what uh, what do you need to do? You just need to farm points. So you, you take your bot and you turn it on. And for the entire night or in the entire day, you just let it keep playing on Diamond 1. It will keep losing matches. But for every loss, you're gaining more points than you would have by just playing for one hour on Master Duel. If, even if you're winning duels yeah. for one hour, you would actually gain more points for losing duels in 24 hours.
0: Yeah, so... so I th- uh, I, th- I have one final question this is just to just tie everything up um, mm-hmm. so in years prior of the copyright strike on Dora Network and your Guild Pro at the time mm-hmm. do you think Konami was not sensitized to do copyright strikes necessarily because it was an official simulator what do you feel about Official simulator now and copyright strikes coming after.
1: Well remember what I told you, Konami was never the person yeah.
0: that did I know, the copyright but I'm so, strikes. It was night uh, yes.
1: It was night on ed systems.
0: So but now, so now you have an official yeah. simulator. So
1: we had an official simulator even before
0: that. Ah uh, like, yes, yes. But they
1: never did that. So the the question you should ask is. What can they actually strike? What is copyright? Yeah,
0: what is strikeable in, of- in these formats? Since everything is private, and you're not selling it, it's really hard to take it down if it's private. So, does the private sector protect?
1: No, no, no. It, it does. It's not that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's the game is free. Yes, fan made simulators are free. But some fan made simulators are making money through ads. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, the dawn of the new era is a Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro simulator. They're making money through ads. Um, And there's even uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro on mobile that has ads. Um, So these games are already profiting. Um, So the reason that they can't, uh, it's not, um, the question is how do you copyright strike a game? First, you have to find copyrighted content. So what in the simulators is copyrighted? There's only one thing. It's not the code of the game. It's not the rules of the game. Like it's, uh, you can't copyright strike, for example, a chess simulator, uh, because uh, chess is not something you can patent. Um, so you, you can't uh, you can't strike a game for emulating the rules of Yu-Gi-Oh. What you can only, what is the only thing that's copyrighted, is if you're using assets or using artwork or textures, or icons, or anything that is borrowed or stolen from another game. So both Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro and Omega does not take anything from any other games. But there is one thing that we uh, all of these simulators have, and that's the artworks of the Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. Mm-hmm. So now you have to ask, who owns the copyright of those artworks? Is it Konami? Is it Nihon Ad Systems? Who owns it? guess Uh, I don't know neither Konami or Nihon ad systems owns the copyright of the Yu-Gi-Oh artworks Nihon ad systems did own it in the past Um, now they don't which is why uh, a lot of the copyright strikes have diminished Uh, even the youtubers who used to stream anime are not getting striked anymore Uh, so You you know who created Yu-Gi-Oh!, the guy who actually wrote the story? Mm -hmm. Kazuki Takahashi. He's, uh, he has a studio in Japan called Studio Dice. At the bottom of every Yu-Gi-Oh! card, you will see Studio Dice. So all of the artworks are created by artists that are in Studio Dice. And so Studio Dice is who owns the copyright. Only Studio Dice. Has the authority to send a copyright strike to any of the games
0: oh so if he sees that they're using possible platform it's free promotion
1: yes so um, that is also a reason why people don't just copyright strike everything because it's free promotion free advertising Um, I mean, just imagine if everybody were just to go out and strike every YouTube video talking about their game or something like that. You know, it would be stupid to do that because you want people to talk more about your game so they get more popular. Um, So in some ways, companies don't want to bother um, wasting effort and time and money to go after um, the fan-made simulators because it's a waste of time. Uh, Master Duel is already more successful
2: yeah. and
1: it's already more popular. So what's the point? There's The the fan-made simulators are not really competing with the fam- Master Duel. They're just on the side. They're just like a um, backup.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Alright. So what is one thing you want the audience to know about Yu-Gi-Oh simulators and the timeline?
1: Um... Well, I have talked for quite a long time, and uh, you know, even after I've said everything, there's there's still more things in the story that a lot of people don't know. Um, but what I can tell, I mean, the only thing I can tell the audience is to you know always be open minded, always try every game, always be um, curious. Mm-hmm. Like I was the guy who who came into Yu Gi Oh. I played all these simulators. I played Master Duel, I played Duel Links, I played every official simulator, and I played every fan-made simulator. And so I just played the game because I love it. I, I enjoy playing Yu-Gi-Oh. It doesn't matter to me uh, which simulator is which, but I, I do care which simulator's got the most features. Um, so you have to be objective. Don't you know? It's like going to a store, and you see an iPhone on the left side, and you see another phone on the right side. The phone on the right side is um, less... Uh, Less expensive, but it has more features than the iPhone. Mm -hmm. But people will still buy the
0: iPhone because iPhone is by Apple. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, my thing is uh, choose a simulator or official simulator if you want to do that. Be objective to what you want to do with it, but also know what you want to play. Play how you want and play the game in the way you see fit. Because different simulators yeah. see different means. Edo Pro, for example, you know, you have the entire card database. Outside of TC, OCG, you got the video game, manga, and anime. So those could be ways to use those cards as well. You know, Dueling Book is more competitive-based, and you have a, a de- very decent ladder. You know, Master Duel, you still pull out the pulling packs in real life kind of aspect that kind of does the same little feel as you do TCG or OCG. It all depends on what you want to play, how you want to play it, and which features you want to be incorporated in that version of that game or similar you play.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like I said, Yu-Gi-Oh! Mega has all the features now of Edda Pro. Mm-hmm. It has all the features. Uh, it has a manual simulator, so it, you can even do whatever Dueling Book can do.
2: Yeah,
1: And it it has Master Duel stuff as well, since it has a Master Duel ban list. Can, uh, it has rarities, and those rarities even look better than the Master Duel right now. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're on the mission to create the best simulator we can. as has everything, including an online automatic tournament system. I told you, ever since Yu Gi Oh! Online died, uh, no simulator has yet to uh, create a tournament system. And um, even with the tournament system that Yu-Gi Online had before, it was not simulating the official Konami policy. So our goal is to create that tournament system, which we have, um, and to release that and then start doing tournaments.
0: All right. Well, uh, you can find uh, Anti-Meta-Man on Discord. His Discord will be provided. And as a result, we thank you for talking about Yu Gi Oh! Simulators and how they would be representative of just the game and, and just discovery and how it became your passion. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: with that in thank mind, you, you can find him on Discord at anime, anime, uh, anti man at hashtag 92128. And with that, you can find. MC Anime Podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. You can also join our Patreon page for the MC Anime tiers, different pledges for different things, original ideas, posting, blogging, polling, guest appearances, sponsorship, all available. You just got to go to it. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. And uh, thanks for Anti-Meta-Man being here. Bye, guys. Yeah,
2: thank you as well. All
0: right.